Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Today I'm glad to let you know I'm not preaching. But we got a mother in the house. Please rest your feet, put your hands together and let's welcome my wife, Reverend Mrs. Awo Antwi. is endures forever. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. There is joy in the house. Please take your seats. God bless you. I appreciate that welcome. Uh, We thank God. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to every mother in the house. And even for those who have gone a bit further, happy Grandmother's Day. (laughs) We thank God for your lives. You make a difference. We just appreciate you. It is said that in many occasions, it is said that, oh, um, no woman, no cry. But no woman to no joy. I tell you, God has made us extra, extra special. We are the carriers of seed. Hallelujah. When God was about to release his redemption plan, he needed to look for a mother who would mother him. That is the privilege we have. Hallelujah. Even God needed a mother. He said, I am the father, but I need somebody to carry me, to nurture me, so that men shall be saved. Let's put our hands together for God's idea of motherhood. We give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Motherhood is God's idea. He put it together. He made it the way it is. And so it is a privilege to be be a partaker of God's plan. And the scripture says that whatever he does is perfect. So motherhood is a perfect institution. If we have an opportunity to be called into it, then what God has purposed for you is good to bring you to an expected end. Hallelujah. I mean, there's too much Misha in the house. Absolute Misha in the house. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we thank God for your life. And I want to take opportunity to appreciate God's servant, my dear husband, who has... Why don't we appreciate our man of God? He's a blessing. We thank God for his life. The beauty about what God is using him to do is he's just pursuing God. There is nothing more important than the pursuit of God. And he's just pursuing God and he's challenging all of us to pursue God too. The um, the other day, I think a K group. I was making. I were talking about having a thirst for God. Somebody asked a question about having a thirst for God. How do you develop a thirst for God? And I'd had the understanding that a lot of the time, when you, for you to even begin to thirst for something, it is your exposure. You know, until you are exposed to something, you don't even know that that thing exists for you to even desire it. So we used we used to preach a lot about. First, first of all, it's a desire. But I had an understanding to realize that your exposure determines the things you desire. And by God's grace, this man is exposing us to more and more of God and the pursuit of God. And so we thank God for his life. We thank God for his life. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We appreciate you for your goodness. We know that, Lord, you have set this moment to bless us and make a difference in our lives by the coming forth of your word. I pray that your word will have free course, O God, that I'll be a vessel in your hands, O God. Bless us as deliverers and also bless us as hearers. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I thought about what to speak on um, 
God servants give me a blank check. But there's something that has been burning on my heart. I believe that the message I'm going to give, I can actually say it in a statement and take a Sibada, for the sake of those of you who have your notebooks, you need to take scriptures, you need to make references and all that. I will do well to give a sermon. But um, I, this is what is burning in my heart. Mothering for the next generation. Mothering for the next generation. And having become a mother, but before that I had the privilege to come alongside some people that God has set apart for his own and be a blessing to encourage, to speak to. And I always find that such a great privilege. I mean, it's a great honor for somebody to take their time to sit with you, to open up their lives to you so that whatever you carry can become a blessing. Until you have people to bless your, whatever you carry can be showed forth. So I always take it as a great privilege. And Caris is such a beautiful church. Put your hands together for God and for yourself. For the kind of church member, the kind of brother, the kind of sister you are. And many of you have given me opportunity to mature in my calling. Because I believe that when you sit with me, I tap into grace. And therefore, out of that, I have grown from one level of grace to another. And I owe it to you for making it easy for me. And I thank God for that. I, I just thank God for that. Most of you show me so much love. You give me hugs. You give me kisses. And I appreciate God for that. And this is the word in my heart. We're in a season of revival where God has said so much. And it's not just only in Caris. In recent times, any of us who, who any of us in tune with what is going on in the church, not just in the UK, America, all across the globe, all across Africa, Asia, the talk is revival, 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 revival. There is an indication, there's some there's sound. We can hear the sound of the abundance of rain. It could the cloud could be just like like the hand of a man but the rain is coming the rain is coming and nothing will be able to stop it in the mighty name of Jesus and what I realize is God has given us such privilege as mothers to be able to come alongside him to prepare what he's doing and also prepare the next generation for his namesake you and I don't know when Christ is coming, but if Christ would tarry, then what we are making out of our privilege to be mothers is what would determine the face of the next generation. We all would know that when we're reading the, books, the book of Acts, the New Testament, there's constant talk about the um, Asia Minor. We are talking about Turkey. Today, highly Islamic nation. I mean, I'm sure it's about 98% Islamic. It used to be a Christian nation. Some way, somehow, what started was not continued. The great thing that was started was not continued. And so we have the privilege as mothers to be the continuation of what God will start in our generation. What a privilege. What a privilege. What an honor. We see in the, in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, it talks about, it's actually to Timothy. But the lineage of Timothy is traced from his grandmother, Lois, and to his mother, Eunice. It tells us that how this boy was nurtured. The environment in which he was nurtured has produced this kind of disciple of Paul who would go ahead to do great things after Paul. It was based on his nature, the atmosphere in which he was brought up in. It was based on his mothering. And as I said before, I see Christian mothers as called to partner with God for the delivery of his agenda. Motherhood is a sacrifice, but also a reward. There is reward in motherhood and there is a sacrifice in motherhood. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Children are a heritage and the fruit of the womb is a reward. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So what God has determined to do, he sits in eternity and decides between this time and this time, this is what I want done. And then he will cause a woman to receive seed from a man and out of it a child will be born. That life will be determined to make the purpose of God come to pass or not. But more important, apart from just the coming of that child, is how the child is nurtured. 
how the child is nurtured will determine whether God's plan and purpose for that particular child will come to pass. It goes along. The mother, mothers are bedding carries. In Isaiah chapter 4, 49, verse 15 says that, would a, can a mother forget her nursing child? So that tells you that mothers, you once you're a mother, you, you, you don't cease to be a mother. Once a mother, always a mother. Always a mother. We are bedding carries. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10, it says that the wise son makes his father glad. So when it's good news, it's for the father. But the foolish son makes the mother's heart heavy. I never understood that. When it is no good, mothers will still carry the burden. Whilst most fathers will go and say, ah, he's grown. Let him do what he, what he wants to do. Let her do. It is, it is very, it's a common language. I remember when we were growing up, I had, I had a brother who was going through a phase. And when it's bedtime, my father would just pick himself up and go to bed. And then after a little while, he realized that my mother is not coming up and we say, Cecilia, let's go and sleep. My mother will pretend, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. But there are times she will stay up till this boy comes, even though she's very upset. She's, she's, very, she's fuming, now she's waiting. But motherhood would not give her the opportunity to sleep whilst daddy is well asleep. <laughs> I mean, he's refreshed. He wakes up in the morning, stretch and say, wow, what a good day. We thank God for today. But mother couldn't sleep because her child is not home yet. Her child is not. This is something unique that God has given us. That it is, it is, it is a privilege to have this grace. Because it's, it, does, it, wouldn't, it shouldn't come naturally. Because human beings in ourselves, we are selfish. But as soon as God gives you a seed, it comes within the nurturing, within our bowels. The growing up of the seed comes along with the nurturing, the, the, the desire, the, the, the compassion, the bowels of mercy for our children. It's not because we are weak, but because everybody needs a space to grow. Everybody needs the space to grow. Everybody needs to be nurtured. And therefore, that's what God gives us as mothers. And it's such a privilege. You see so many, all over scripture, I mean all over scripture, women doing whatever they can for their children. I mean anything. They will do anything. That Syrophoenician woman went to Jesus and said, you, my, my daughter must be healed. There's no negotiation. The, what she carried, the compassion she carried, then the disease, the desire to see the best for her child will not let her go. I mean, you, I cannot go if you don't do something about my daughter's situation. And we see this, the widow of Zarephath said, I have this little thing to eat and my, for, my, for my child to eat as well and we die. But based on instruction, she was prepared to obey because she knew the outcome wasn't good. If it was only for herself, it would be okay. That is why you can understand Naomi that she was bitter because that which she carried had perished had perished. She saw there was no hope for her because that which she carried, that which should be her continuation had perished. No mother here will bury your child in the mighty name of Jesus. You will not bury your child in the name of Jesus for this is an evil that must not happen. You will not be cut off in your prime. You will not labor over your children and others rejoice over them. You will live to see the goodness of God over your children's life in the mighty in the name of Jesus. It is an error for a mother to go through all manner of things and die before her time. It is an error. It is the blessing of the Lord. He said the, the, the child, the fruit of the womb is a reward. And everybody must see it. If anybody is here thinking this Monday's day, my heart is heavy because of the state of my relationship with my children. I declare restoration. May God restore. May God restore. From this day, may the story change. If any mother here is saying that God, look at my child. I serve you day in and day out. Remember my child. May the Lord remember your child because of your faithfulness, because of your service. May the Lord remember your child and rescue them from any danger and any plan of the enemy in Jesus' name. We see a mother overdoing this in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 downwards. This is the mother, she's not named, but her sons are named. That is how it should, it should happen. We may not get that far, but our children will take it to another level. In Jesus' name. Her sons, John and James, they are described as the sons of Zebedee. 
had done well. I mean, they had done well. They were in the inner circles of Jesus. I mean, these were the guys. When you talk about Bartholomew and those people, some of you, you don't even know them because you are wondering. But James and John, they, they were okay. They, I mean, they were close to Jesus. They were in the center of what was happening. And this woman said to Jesus, you know, as well, we're never satisfied. You always want more. You always want more. Your children get to the face say, okay, there's still there's room for improvement. This L, you didn't write it properly. Next time, do it like that. Even though your child has got spelling 10 out of 10, you're still picking on something. But anyway, this woman went to Jesus and said, Jesus, can you let my sons, one of them sit on your right and one of them sit on your left? This is a mother who is very natural. In case you come across any woman who is doing some comsi comsa, you are wondering what it is. It's just natural. It's instinct. She said, can you please, can you please let one of my sons sit on your left and the other on the right? After all that the children have become, she wasn't satisfied. And this is the stage sometimes motherhood can, we overcarry the bed. They were grown men. They were doing business with their father. All was well, and they left the business, meaning it was okay for them to leave business. So they left business and went with Jesus. And still, mom has been peeping around, wondering how far have they moved? How close are they? Now let me use my manipulation. May God deliver every mother from the spirit of manipulation. But rather we become enablers in Jesus' name. We become enablers in Jesus' name. But she wanted the best for her kids. But that, this is the interesting thing. Which, when I was reading the scripture, I was, I was caught. I was caught. It, Jesus said, "You don't know what you ask for. Can they drink the cup that I drink?" And they also, because of who gave birth to them, who nurtured them, they say, "Yes, we can. We can drink it because already Mama has told them that. Look, you must get here and here. You must sit here. You must sit there." I don't mind who sits on the right. I don't mind who sits on the left. But it has to be my sons. So they said, yes, we can drink. And Jesus said, you have, indeed you will drink. But whether you sit on my left or you sit on my right, it is not for me to determine it. This is in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 downwards to 23. He said, whether you sit on my left or my right, it's not for me to determine this. That tells you that there are times, there are, there are certain situations that mothers need to, particularly when Jesus is involved. When Jesus is involved, we need to learn how to allow Jesus to be Jesus in our children's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm sure Jesus knew who James and John were, and he knew who they were going to be. And therefore, wherever they were was okay. It was good enough. But Mama was pushing extra. Just buy into the mind of God. I'll quickly, we'll quickly read um, Genesis chapter 25. This is a woman who knew how to buy into the mind of God and inquire of the Lord. Rebecca, we're talking about Rebecca. And Genesis chapter 25, verse 21. The story is told of when she took seed um, with Jacob and Esau. She, Jacob and Esau. And... Um, the scripture says, Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. It was the mother who, because of what she was carrying and what she was feeling, decided to go inquire of the Lord. As we grow, as we have opportunity to go alongside people, it could be natural motherhood or it could be spiritual motherhood. We need to learn to inquire of the Lord concerning the seed the Lord has put in our hands. It is easy to do it how you know it. It is easy to do it how you know it or maybe how you've planned it. But the godly mother would learn how to inquire of the Lord. Okay, so time moves on in verse, chapter 27, verse 5. This is a time for the blessing to come upon the children. And the scripture says, And now Rebekah was listening 
when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt game to bring. And Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, and I'm not, Esau is the oldest and Jacob is the youngest. There had been a conversation between father and son of, with the oldest, which is Esau, that the blessing today, I'm going to bless you. Do what satisfies me so that I can bless you. And the mother hears it. But because she inquired of the Lord, because she had an encounter concerning her children, she knew this kind of a conversation is not supposed to happen. She knew that this is, this, it is not the natural thing for Isaac to do, but it wasn't the God thing for that to happen. Your husband may be a lawyer, and it is a natural thing for your servant, first son to be a lawyer, but it might not be the God thing. You may be a doctor, and therefore you have determined that all your daughters must be doctors. It may be a natural thing, but it's not a God thing. Inquire of the Lord concerning your seed. Ask God. Inquire of the Lord. Sometimes we are in autopilot in life. Go through the normal routines in life. And therefore we expect that, okay, from this it goes to that, it goes to that. Never having taken time to ask God concerning your seed. Somebody needs to learn to inquire of the Lord and not build up a particular future for your child. It might not be the God future for that particular child. And this, we need husbands and husbands to come alongside wives and fathers to come alongside daughters for these things to happen. And so when it was a time for the blessing, he said that, first of all, verse 7, so verse 7, bring me game and, uh, and make savory food for me that I, I may eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before death. Now, verse 8, therefore my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now. So she started giving instructions as to how to get the blessing. What kind of godly instructions do you give your child? in order to position them for destiny. Watch that. I don't have much time to go into details. And verse 13 says, let the curse be upon me, because they knew what they were doing was very serious. But Rebecca made a stand that it has to be God's way. So even though it wasn't the preferred way of it being done, she said, let the curse be on me. That's what mothers stand for. Every mother here would not see something happening to their child and crossing, be chatting and let any evil happen to the mother. Mothers always say, let the curse be upon me. I'm prepared. I'm prepared to take the consequences so that my child's future would be what it's supposed to be. And more importantly, so that God's agenda would happen. That is another level. That is another level. Many mothers would be prepared to do whatever for their children to prosper. But sometimes we forget that it's the same whatever we need to do for God's agenda to, to be accomplished in our children's lives. We need to move it further. Take it higher. From just what my, children, my child must be to what God has purpose for my child to become. Hallelujah. Amen. And verse 16, it says that, Verse 16, this, this, is, this is very interesting. And she put the skin of the kit of the goat on his hands and on the smooth part of his leg. She dressed him. She prepared him for destiny. She put together what he's supposed to wear to be blessed. Dressing a person is how finally your child appears. How your child is relating who your child has become, she dressed him so that he can be positioned to receive the blessing. It goes into our daily dealings with them. How are you dressing your child for destiny? You see that this particular behavior is no good, but you don't correct it. You are misdressing your child for destiny. You see things that need to be corrected and you don't because that's my favorite one. You are disqualifying him for how he's supposed to look for destiny. Learn to dress your children for destiny. To position them to receive the blessing. 
So if it's a scriptures that you have to always involve in your language with your child, do it. It is positioning them for destiny. Not just good values, but scriptural values. Implant them in your children. It is dressing them up for destiny. So whenever they appear, wherever they appear, the blessing must come on them. The bless, even though it looked fake, the blessing still came. The blessing must come upon them based on how they are dressed for life. How they are dressed for destiny. How they are prepared for life. I will revert to what I said before. We come alongside God to make sure that God's plan comes to pass. That is the role of the mother. Destiny is more important than our hopes and our plans. As mothers, and we are very pushy. Most fathers have a little bit of, give a little bit of leeway. But a mother, because you are constantly creaming the child, putting the nappy on, changing, you are so intertwined with a child that you know that this child must be this. This child must be that. It must be like this for my child. It must be like that for my child. My child must marry a light-skinned person. My child must marry, must marry. How man, they are all man of ideas. My child, my, I mean, recently we had a case where somebody um, had found uh, somebody and uh, they found each other and then the gentleman had been introduced to the father. I mean, the list of the qualifications is something else. I mean, they're asking for proof of ID and everything. <laughs> Another level. <laughs> yes, for marriage, you need a photocopy of your passport. <laughs> <laughs> you sit down. It's not anybody's daughter you can marry freely like that. <laughs> you need you need the, your you need to come with your pay slip. It's more than a mortgage application. <laughs> the list was I mean I was shocked. I thought my parents were tough, but I, I realized that they were small boys. They were beginners when it came to this particular parent. I'm like wow. I said, gentlemen, prepare yourself. I hope you have all these lists. <laughs> May God show you mercy and give you favor. <laughs> bank statement. Of course, you have to show your bank statement. You have to show your mortgage statement and everything. No rent and no rent business. But we found God. <laughs> but destiny and God's plan. Don't get too excited. You might do the same for your child. I never know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You grow up and see. You grow up and learn. You realize that some things also matter in life. <laughs> But God's plan for your child is more important than your hopes and dreams. And I think this is the area most mothers struggle the most. This is the area most mothers struggle the most. How to let go, because most of us have not taken time to inquire of the Lord concerning the life of our children. We are happy to take them to extra classes. We are happy to take them to music tuition. We are happy to take them to what, every, any game, anything that is required to make sure that your child only gets to grammar school. Praise the Lord. I hope my children get to grammar school. But actually, I, not I hope, they must. What, what are they doing? All these years we've been feeding them. What are they doing? <laughs> they must. Yeah, but what did, that, all their job is just to learn. Learn of us, learn the scriptures, go to school, read some books. What else are you doing? So I don't understand why they can't pass exams. They must. Yes, 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 yes. Why shouldn't they? Others are doing it. Those who are going to those schools, they don't have two heads. They have one head. My child, too, I can see, has one head. Why can't your head work? You have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. It must produce. In Jesus' name. But... Our hopes and dreams should no way hinder God's plan for our lives. Sometimes I look at God's and I said that every now and then I feel a bit sorry for him. Not because I will explain. He left home very early. I'm sure after O level he's never been home. And so this is around, you know, between 16, 17, 18. Traveling A level, he wouldn't go back to go back home on vacation anyway. From then He's been places. Sometimes there are weeks that his, his parents don't know where he is. He's traveled with a man of God. He don't have access to phone, whatever. But there are times, and it's been like that. We met, married, Caris. And that's how, that's how life has been. Every now and then I feel like, hmm, he missed out a bit because I enjoyed my childhood and um, the family that I had. But it was for a reason. It was for a reason. 
to prepare him for days like these. Like you know you, the nomad life is part of your life. You know the desert, the desert life has been built in you. Built in you. And that would, be what, that would be what would determine what would become of him. And today we are seeing the fruits, but somebody had to sacrifice. A mother had to sacrifice. I mean, a mother had to sacrifice. A mother had to sacrifice, not knowing where her son was. Weeks. Not knowing. But God was preparing him so that you and I will be blessed. You know. Destiny is more important than our hopes and dreams. When he was growing up, he was quite good intellectually. So I'm sure his parents had high ambitions for him, for what he would become. But destiny is more important than our hopes and dreams. And this God has been dealing with me over this for a while now. And personally, I've come to this point that the greatest joy of my life concerning my children would be I want to do God's work. I mean, I am resigned to that. Even if they become whatever, the guy who goes to Dave Pike or whatever his name is, is going to an astronomer. I'm not impressed. I'll give you the reason, and I'm not saying anybody in any kind of profession is not important. But personally, if you ask me, I will, what do you want your child to be? I want them to do God's work one way or the other. Because this is what I came to conclude on. That we say as believers, the most important thing we have here on earth is Jesus. And this Jesus is not only um, here on earth, but is eternal. Our relationship with God through Christ is eternal. And therefore, what we do here is preparation for eternity. I'm, I'm sure every Christian knows that. That what we do here will determine what, how we spend eternity. So if what we do here is, will determine eternity, I'm not meaning thousand years, I mean eternity, then how we prepare here is very important. Okay, so if how we prepare here is very important, and let's say we go to school um, from nursery, go up to um, go to a good um, secondary, get a good university, get a good job, retire, they give you some money to spend until you die. Hopefully it's still in existence by the time you are retiring. But, <laughs> but there's no guarantee, but they'll give you a little bit more money to make sure that you can keep your shelter, clothes and food. Basically that's it for you to retire. This is one life. And so at the, at the end of it, let's hope that you're able to go to church, accept Christ, and do some of God's work. As compared to the person who said, I have the privilege. I'm not saying that. I'm, that's what I'm, not saying. I'm saying that not everybody for the, for the sake of doing something else is unimportant. But I have the privilege to do God's work full time. And therefore, I have an opportunity to do more for my preparation for eternity. And eternity is the most important. And is the longest. In comparison to time here, it's virtually nothing. Then if I have opportunity to do something, if I have opportunity to choose what I want to do, then I would like to prepare the best for eternity. Where I can really enjoy, cash in on what I've done. That is why. I say that personally, if any of my children came to me and said, Mommy, what do you want me to do? I would just always say, prepare for eternity. Prepare for eternity. That is far more crucial based on the understanding I have received from God. Preparing for eternity. Going to school is preparing for a job, a business, or contract. Which probably by 70 you can't continue to do. This is all what our educational system is preparing us for. Nature, school, hopefully do well, get a good uni, get, get a good job. Retire. Let somebody teach your children how to prepare for eternity. Teach your children how to prepare for eternity. Let not all the, the nurturing be how to prepare for a job. If I can be as rude as that, it's just a job. 
It's just a job. It's just a position. I believe in education. I do, I do. That's what I said before, I don't know what my child is doing for them not to study. I am on them, I'm on her. You have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do that. But I, would, I wouldn't fool myself to think that that is more important than eternity, than when I'm not around. What have I left with them so that they can go through life so smooth? This is the privilege we have now, especially for those of us whose children have not grown up yet, have not become adults yet. Don't wait till they are 12. Because guess what? I hear statistics say that if a child doesn't receive Christ by the age of 13, the likelihood is very, very low for them to receive later. Of course, unless there's revival, and there shall be a revival. In Jesus' name. But that's what the statistics say. So that stage is such a crucial stage. And even as they grow up, they are confident, the understanding of the things of God. It's too important to let other things block your vision and block your focus concerning their eternity and what God always planned for which he gave you that child. Let's not lose sight of it. Life is very fast in the West. I mean very fast. The children grow so quickly. But don't put daily practices in. Include daily practices which will ensure that you are dropping God here, dropping God there, dropping God here, dropping God there. Because at the end, that will speak. It will speak. It will speak. The word of God, if it will deliver a miracle for you, that same word will secure your children's future. If you believe that this situation I'm going through by a word, I will be delivered, then that same word would be able to deliver your children's future into their hands. Hannah made a vow. Women, let's learn how to do it. Let's, let that be your single focus. We do other things. But who God has called my child to be, let it be your focus as a mother because I've realized that that is the most important in terms of my mothering. That's far more important than whether their, head were, their hair was looking nice or not. We can take an hour to do to girls' hair. Those of us who have girls, it's an extra job. I could, you could even, um, uh, um, what is it, sublet it to somebody for it to be somebody's job. It can be somebody's job. But having kids, doing all these things, going shop, keeping them well, keeping them healthy, keeping them clean, all of that we would have time to do, but we forget on a daily basis dropping God in. Dropping God in. Speak to them about God. Speak to them about his goodness. Let them remember them, their mother's God. Let them remember that my mother had a God in their day of adversity. May they know that my mother's God would deliver me. May they know it. Hannah made a vow that God, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. This is a barren woman who doesn't have any child. I mean, no child. And going through frustration, I said, God, if you... If you give me, I will give him back to you. And God did. God gave him the child. And the scripture said that Hannah weaned him. This is in First Samuel chapter 1. Oh, the whole, the whole, the whole um, story is in First Samuel chapter 1. And the scripture says that and Hannah weaned him and presented him in Shiloh. And this young boy and this woman who had no other child... As when she dropped Samuel at Shiloh and was going back, it was like she didn't have a child anymore. It's like she had returned to her barrenness. But she was able to do it. She did it. And it is, it is, scriptures talks about other God blessing her again and again. But more importantly, what her seed became. The great prophet. What her seed became. The great sacrifice resulted to the greatness of her seed. It was a great sacrifice. It was well worth it. Who Samuel became. We'll pick this and then we'll end. In Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2 gives an account of Mary 
being called out by God to use her and her pregnancy we see having to journey, learning anyway, learn first of all, learning how to hide and secure the seed by going to Elizabeth. And when the time was due, she had to, because of censor, she had to travel on a donkey, still keeping the seed, had the baby in a manger, nothing exceptional, even though you know God spoke to you about this child. The child comes in very dire circumstances and situations. Nothing enviable about that. But God should mercy send some magis to bring some gifts. Just a statement that I'm still with you. God will do it, you know. He can take care of your children. God can take care of your seed. He can. You got to learn to trust him. When the child, when um, Herod heard of Jesus being born, a Messiah being, a Savior being born, a new king being born, he threatened to kill all the children. An angel appeared to Joseph and told that you should take the child and marry to Egypt. They went to Egypt, a foreign land, continued with what she was supposed to do in nurturing our Lord and Savior Jesus. But this is an interesting thing that at age, at age 12, they went to Shiloh. And normal of a mother couldn't find Jesus. This is the beginning of the turning. And this is when most mothers will struggle. When your child is two and saying, yes, mommy, three, six, saying, yes, mommy, it's a bit easier. Even though some of the children, even by two, you can tell that this one, the oil must be poured on a daily basis. <laughs> I mean, the scriptures must break through. The strong will. <laughs> I, I tell you, some of the children are exceptional. They came with their own armory. You got to strip it by the, by the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but it's all part of the challenges of motherhood. Learn to do it God's way. And lean your ears to God and let God teach you how it is done. But Luke chapter 2 verse 48 to 49, Jesus went to the temple and then he actually, when his parents said, his mother asked, where have you been that we've been looking for you? At age 12, age 12, he told her, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? I am sure you will feel like, what did you say? For days I can't find you, and I find you, and you're telling me I must be about my father's business exactly what business are you talking about it actually takes a level of revelation for Mary to know what he's talking about because it is easy to say did did we tell you to go and be anybody's apprentice in Shiloh your father is a carpenter what how this time how did you come up with this story that you are about your father's business. What carpentry job? What chair did you put together? But Mary knew. She knew the seed she'd carried all along. She knew when the angels appeared. She knew, she knew what God had told her concerning that seed. She knew. She knew. You must know. You must know. What God is saying concerning your seed, you must know. Some of us, we may not have children yet, but certain things you know God has planted specifically, given to you. You know God has entrusted something in your hands. You know this particular thing that I do in God's house. I know God has specifically asked me to do this. Learn to let God speak to you concerning that assignment. It may be a business. God may be raising you up in the business field. Learn to inquire of him concerning why he's sending you there. Why he's giving you such opportunities even though you don't deserve it. You yourself will say that when I went for the interview, I didn't deserve it. But I got the job. Inquire of the Lord. It's good. You've enjoyed the favor of God. But learn to go back to him to say, why are you sending me here? Learn to ask him. If you know he gave it to you, inquire of the Lord. Ask of the Lord. But let's, um, further down the line, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, 
After this encounter, they went back home from the temple. They went back home. And um, life continued. And Jesus starts his ministry at age 30. So Matthew chapter 12. I'll be there shortly. Verse 46 to 50. Now you can tell, he, she can tell that something is becoming out of her son. People are following her, him. Um, something is happening. Something is happening. And she's happy about it. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. While she was still, at least there's something she can enjoy as a mother. While, we, while he was still talking to the multitude, behold, his mother and brother stood outside, seeking to speak to him. Just wanted to talk to Jesus. Many people go to Jesus to talk to him. Today they felt it was their turn. The delegation led by the mother to talk to Jesus. Then one said, we don't know why they came. It might have been a big issue. A serious reason for which they have come to seek Jesus. Because now they see the workings of the Lord in his life. And they know that I'm there. I'm now confident that if they brought this matter to him, he'll be able to deal with it. I'm sure they didn't come to show off that, okay, today let's just go and disrupt his meeting. I'm sure for a good reason they needed to speak to him. Verse 47, then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But he answered and said to one, who told him, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand. If that was not cutting enough. If that was not hurtful enough. He said. Who, he, he stretched out his hand towards his disciples and said. Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of the father in the heaven is my brother and sister and mother. I mean, this is quite barbaric. I mean, you can imagine Mary's face. Many people would have acknowledged her at the wedding of Canaan when she told them what to do. And I'm sure they said, anything you want, talk to the mother. Because when the mother tells him, he does it. Oh, it's not a problem. Even the other time at the wedding, when the wine ran out, we just told the mother, said, whatever. He tells you, he didn't want to do it. But because it's the mom, he did it. So you can imagine Mary's disappointment. You can. But this is the state where we need, if we know what God has prepared to use our children to do, then as painful as it may be, it's easier to walk away and not be hateful concerning your child. I'm not encouraging people not calling their mom or mother's day. It's actually rude, just rude. It's just not civil to appreciate your mother on a Mother's Day. It's just a statement. It doesn't cost you anything to appreciate your mother on Mother's Day, even the ones who didn't raise you. If you have access, it doesn't cost you. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you. This is somebody I have had a, a bit of difficult patch with my mom, and I'm saying it doesn't cost you anything to appreciate your mother on a Mother's Day. So I'm not advocating that, but I'm talking about God's purposes and God's planning. Um, that is what I'm talking about. This is, this is really, I said, I could have said it in one statement. How to align yourself, including your motherhood, including your mothering, to ensure that God's plan and purpose comes to pass. This is what I'm talking about today. It would have been a very difficult situation for Mary. But it is shown and it is proven that Mary continued following us, one of the many disciples of Jesus, her son. Right to the cross, she was there. Not many of the disciples were there, but she was there. And God gave her a witness that he truly cares. 
when he said, John, behold thy mother. Mother, behold thy son. God still told her that I care. But when it comes to divine purposes and planning, I must be about my father's business. God always cared. God always cared. Right to the very last minute. Right to the very, very last minute. He always cared. But Jesus knew. There are times that we all have children, especially when you have more than one. You know the strengths and the weaknesses of others. Some of them will do whatever you tell them. I mean, they will do whatever just to please mom. We have children like that. They will just do it. May complain here and there, but they will do it. That child, be very careful how you handle that child. Because they may live out your own plans and your own ambitions. Because mother said, be very careful. It might be easier to raise that child. But be very careful how you influence that child. So that you don't influence that child away from God's plan. You don't do that. You don't influence that child away from God's plan. The strong-willed child who will contend with you, stand with you toe-to-toe, and talk to you in your face, even though they know a slap is still coming after, they will still dare and do it. It doesn't matter how much you beat them, they will still do it. And then you beat them. You punish them. You take some privileges away from them. But they will still do it because they will dare you to see whether you are strong enough or not. There are some children like that. I happen to be privileged to have one. So <laughs> it is a joy. <laughs> so I just look at her and I laugh. I'm like, look at you with your tiny body. <laughs> trying to be defiant to me. I'm like, are you, are you all right? I said, it's only a child who will behave like this. Because if they knew how I can sit on this child... <laughs> Two and a half, you are trying to be defiant. Are you proper? Oh, I feel sorry for you, a child. But they are like that. You know, you see the traces right from infancy. But that child also is part of God's plan and God's agenda. And how you are determined to win every single time and break that strength in them. Because mother must be right. Because mother cannot lose this argument. Because you must save your face. You have to break that strong determination that God has put in them. Guess what? That strong determination had made some people revivalists. Have made some people missionaries have made some people strong men and women standing in society who are not easily broken. But they have that God-given determination to push through adverse times. Because it has to be mother's way. Mother can't win today's argument in the bedroom. Mother can't win. Mother has to win the argument in the kitchen concerning am I drinking water or am I drinking milk? Mother has to win the argument concerning is the yellow yellow tight nice or not? I'm trying to show you the picture of where we argue so much with our children. They are so irrelevant things. Mother must win because you haven't finished the last spoon of the rice. You, I gave it to you and I said you are finishing everything so you must eat it. Mother is sweating, fuming because of one more extra spoon of rice that must enter her mouth. God show us mercy. Mother must win. And in all of this, a very crucial part of what it takes for them to become who they are is being chipped off. Being chipped off. Being chipped off. Over time, they are left with little and they are unable to face the challenges of life. The challenges of where they have to get to. People who rise, of course, go through a manner of challenges. There is rising in them, but mother has taken away what it takes to rise. 
Because I must win the argument. No. No. There's a way. And it has to be God's way. It has to be God's way. I'm not saying we should leave our children to be wayward. I spoke before how you are addressing your child. We determine where they can get to. We determine the people who receive them. We determine the people who give them a seat, who give them audience. How you have dressed your child, how you have prepared your child. We determine all these things. However, in doing that, in doing that, let us always remember that God fashioned this child. God has a plan for this child. God puts them together and puts a purpose in them. And that purpose, you are called alongside God to make it happen. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Is a reward. It is a reward. And you enjoy that reward. Even to your latter years. It shall not be said that you gave seed to this earth. And that you sorrow in the last days of your life. And that you don't have anybody to stand with you. May that be far from you. May your children rise up to call you blessed. In the name of Jesus. May they rise up to call you blessed. In the name of Jesus. May God take your children further. That you have ever imagined in Jesus name. May God give you the grace to raise giants in the kingdom. To raise pillars in the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. May God give strange favor to your children. May they be received in high places where you cannot get to. May your children get to. In the name of Jesus. May you never sorrow over them. May you never sorrow over them. In Jesus name. May God remember your seed. May God remember your seed. May it be well with them. May they not be sickly. May their health be blessed. May their studies be blessed. May their jobs be blessed. May you laugh with laughter that indeed the Lord has dealt with me wondrously. The Lord has dealt with me wondrously. I just want us to pray. Very briefly, pray if you're a mother, pray for yourself. Put your hand on your belly and just say, Lord, remember my seed. Remember my seed. Remember my seed. If you are not a mother or you're a male, tell God, remember my wife. Remember my mother. Remember them that they will not sorrow. That they will not sorrow over their seed. In the name of Jesus, make a declaration. Declare that it will be well with them. Call them thou out by name. Call them out by name. And say, Lord, I commissionate that her future is secured in you. I commit that now. Her future is secured in you. They will walk closely with you. They will serve you all the days of their lives. They will never lack favor. It will be well with them. They will marry well. They will marry in your good time. In the name of Jesus, their study shall prosper. Everything they find their house to do shall prosper. If Christ tarries, they will be mothers themselves. Joyful mother. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, they will not attract wrong men. They will not marry the wrong man. In the name of Jesus. But they will walk with you, with your family. In the name of Jesus, I decree that it is well. It is well. Thank you for my spiritual children. Oh, it shall be well with them. They are a mighty seed. They are a mighty seed. Strong pillars in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Do you believe that God has heard your prayer? Why don't you put your hands together when we welcome God's servant? If you are not saved, 
you are not safe because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord. Pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.